0: In person, baby With Crack a spike and lead open joint. A modello yeah. We bought a mic
1: We're back, mm. baby Hmm. Mm. Huh. bought some Post-traumatic stress disorder. We bought a war It's not a joke not-
2: But who paid
0: paid the five bloods paid mm-hmm. welcome to we bought a mike boys I feel, like, I feel
1: like i'm really rusty at riffing on that opening song i, I don't just, think i, I don't can't...
0: think it was ever strong <laughs> no, for for any of us we
1: really started to hit a stride there no, where it was like damn are we should we just like try and make music are we the new like lonely of...
2: island yeah
1: <laughs> hello
0: welcome welcome guys welcome Thank you. to the new <sighs> podcast studio in person the pandemic is over. We're forgotten about that. Yeah. Um, we're getting very infected right now.
2: Only about 6% of tests uh, for Rona in our city are positive, which is like <laughs> higher than ever. And that's great news. We love yeah. to hear that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Feels good. Feels good. Yeah. I think I think we needed this. Um, we're staying safe. Um, so don't worry about us, listeners. We know that this is serious, but we... Uh, It's been, what, three months in quarantine, and we said, what better time to bring the old gang back into the brand-new pod studio for a Spike Lee joint? And how does the audience feel about this? Ah. Thank you. That was Hunter.
1: that was good. That was really good. I'm Ernest. I am... Uh, Hunter Mobley joint I'm Drew <clears throat> So yeah we got to five Bloods Yeah, we had to come in Person to deliver this one. like we had to Just risk the Rona for Spike Lee In yeah. the same way that uh, These men were Willing to risk their life for their country or Willing is probably the wrong word they were Forced to serve their country in Vietnam mm-hmm. This shout out to the draft
0: Is a big deal Of a movie because It's not only a new Spike Lee movie but it's a new movie when everything else is being delayed. It's and on Net- Netflix. Netflix is putting this out.
2: So you can watch this. The it's listener. a Netflix
0: original. Mm-hmm. And the timing of it is so perfect with all of these Black Lives Matter protests going on. Obviously, we've been talking about Spike Lee for the past couple weeks leading up to this. And I don't know if they changed the release of this movie because everything else got delayed
1: they did it was originally supposed to come out it was supposed to be an awards contender it was supposed to come out in like november october november i believe and when everything else got delayed netflix very acutely decided oh we should move this up so we have content when literally no one else does Yes,
0: the summer movie season is non-existent this year
1: i mean it just happened to work out unfortunately that this movie is more quote unquote timely than ever because because of of everything with George Floyd and the Breonna Taylors and all this uh, anti-police brutality and anti-racism movement that is happening right now in our country. Um, And some good attention
0: around Spike. Yeah. You know, a lot of people talking about his career returning to to do the right thing and Malcolm X and all these other great works that he's done mm-hmm. just adds more of a hype and more of like a weight to the new movie and i got to say like i you know i didn't think that the movie was going to live up to the conversation around it and like the importance that has been put around this movie because of everything around it mm-hmm. I, I i i was thinking there is no way that this movie is is going to be as good as people want it to be because mm-hmm. of the world and, and what's happening in the world. But well, where did
2: you end up? It's on a
0: it? great movie. It's I mean it's it has some issues, but overall, I think it is worthy of the the, the kind of uh, importance uh, around it, the buzz around mm-hmm. it. You know, because you could have a situation here where it's like everybody's gearing up for the new Spike. Everybody's talking about Spike. Everybody's watching do the right thing. And it's like, here it comes, here it comes. And then, you know, it flops and mm-hmm. it's actually not good. I think it absolutely, you know, embraces the moment and the opportunity. Um, And the, the issues that I have with it are more just kind of like, little structural things here and there little little decisions um that don't really impact the the whole work in a big way i think when you step back and you look at the movie and it's it's a little bit of a big boy it's a two and a half hour boy yeah um it's fucking commendable i think it works Works really, really well.
2: It's almost a movie I hardly wanted to talk about after watching initially because I would rather just let the the way that it made me feel Mm -hmm. sit undisturbed Uh, because if we are to dissect, we will find nits to pick because there are issues with the movie. But the visceral reaction I had to watching it remains regardless of all of those issues. Uh, And a lot of that comes down to Spike. It always fascinates me that Spike is so uh constantly interested in the concept of making choices and all so many of his movies depend upon that because as a director he's making so like the most choices of almost any wild. of almost any director he is making hard interesting original decisions uh within his style of, of filmmaking and shot selection editing especially um and not all of it is always going to work right and not all of it works for me in this movie but Uh, what roots the movie for me is, uh, some unbelievable performances. Mm -hmm. Yes. In particular Delroy Lindo, who I wasn't very familiar with before this movie playing, uh, a man named Paul, who is, uh, stricken by, uh, trauma, PTSD, the inability to deal with these issues, uh, being a Vietnam veteran. If this, if this performance, I don't care when the Oscars happen, they need to acknowledge. It, he Delroy. needs to yeah. get in there. This yeah. is this is a, so much of this movie depends upon him as the fulcrum. He is carrying a load on his back. Right. in this Movie. And uh, he is always delivering, at least for me. Like,
0: just there's there's one scene in particular, which we have to get into in spoilers, where it's just him and Chadwick Boseman right mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. I like cried because of him. Chadwick. Yeah. He's fine. I think Chadwick was solid in this yeah, movie. He's fine. Jeez. <laughs> what? Yeah. Delroy is fucking exactly.
2: carrying he, that okay. scene. Yeah. he. I mean, he, yeah, there cool. are a lot of scenes where he's asked to do things that a lot of actors, It's it's an over the top part because the man he's playing is over the top. And so a lot of actors would do too much. And he is doing so much, but somehow it's never too much
0: yes that's a good way of putting
1: it yeah no i mean i i agree with you guys i think that delroy is definitely the standout of this movie i mean really everything he does in the third act he has without getting into spoilers a whole like several minute long monologue that he does to the camera which is something that spike lee does in his movies all the time but do the
0: right thing yeah
1: do the right thing 25th hour um really the list goes on of examples of it um but I think that the way that is delivered by Delroy is so powerful watching just his character kind of grow in the story. Maybe grow is the wrong word descend more like at certain points, Mm -hmm. um, as a character who is really, really badly stricken with PTSD. Um, overall, I think this movie is like, it's like you guys said, it's really good. Um, I think it's far from Spike Lee's best work. Um, I would, I'd like this better than something like Black Klansman. I think it's I think, better than Black. Klansman, I think Black yeah. Klansman gets a little bit too heavy-handed at sometimes with some of its social commentary that's trying to do. Where this is much more layered mm-hmm. and complex. It
2: does get heavy-handed. It but... gets
1: heavy-handed, which there's going to be a little heavy-handedness anyways with Spike Lee. It's Spike Lee, but, yeah. Um, I mean, as far as like this past ten years of work, I do think that this is one of his better things that he has produced as of lately. Um, mostly because like you said, the performances, I do have some very key issues with the story and with certain technical aspects Mm -hmm. of the film that weren't quite satisfying to me enough. Anything not spoilery
0: that you can say?
1: Well, so I it, this isn't even a knock, but it's just something that uh, Spike Lee is just fully embraced. Spike Lee is very open about uh, what his influences are in past movies. And he's just like, yeah, this is my version of whatever movie and in this he didn't even try and hide that he was trying to make his version of apocalypse now mm-hmm. because they're in a bar that's called apocalypse yeah. now <laughs> like he wears its stuff on its sleeves and i and I then do he plays a a lot
0: ride of the valkyries right yeah the boat.
1: while there's the helicopter shot and everything in the sunset um i also i mean this entire cast i think did, for the most part, a Jonathan pretty excellent majors. job. I was going to say. Mm. So oh, wow, Delroy Lindo Del is getting all the love. Last year on this podcast, I made the statement that within three years, Jonathan Majors will have an Oscar nomination. And I am so happy for that stance because after seeing his performance in the last black man for san francisco i just knew that guy would be a star and after seeing this you're like oh this guy could be like this guy's a star superstar now. yeah he's here
0: like, right now he is a different role
1: it like, is, oh i mean it's completely yeah. and just showing the range off between these two performances in these two movies uh, he uh, is yeah. doing so much grounding to the story where he is the he is del orlando's son who uh, without getting into spoilers goes on this journey with these veterans into the jungle and kind of has to like experience through them the trauma that they felt while they were in it um yeah
2: i was i i wasn't familiar i haven't seen last black man in san francisco uh from the second he shows up i was like who is this man
1: was just sitting there with a hat drinking orange (laughs) juice
2: he like it is he is an absolute fucking scene stealer i wish the problem is delroy if he is to get a nomination i would imagine it would be supporting right because i don't
1: know he gets the most he has
2: the most screen time but it's is there a lead in the movie in general It, it he has the
0: top billing does he Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
2: hopefully they would go lead for him because I would love for Majors to get all the credit in the world for this because he I mean this performance is it's so energetic, it's dynamic. It's he's bringing he's different from any other character in a lot of critical ways that make the story accessible to us. Yeah. Um and the the pain that he expresses Ugh. without uh doing it in uh you know an over the top way, which Delroy's character does because that is his character, but this character expresses his his anguish in the most beautiful ways to me. Mm-hmm. He literally, you could not have done a better job. I mean, it's
1: did. it's kind of the opposite performance of Delroy, who's his father, ironically, because yeah. he is freaking so, out. Big. So, over- I mean, Delroy has an Oscar type performance in this, that it is so over the top and so extra, but done well and not done in a way that is, uh, kind of overindulgent in itself. Yeah. Um I mean his character traits lend themselves to being over the top. Yeah, some people in real life are over the top. Yeah. In fact, so, quite a lot of them.
0: <laughs> so there's four people credited with this screenplay.
2: Have you did you research what the deal is with this cuz no. I actually know the mm-hmm. deal here. Uh because I I almost knew before even looking it up the way that the credits were laid out. So the spec was written in 2013 by these first two guys, Danny Bilson and Paul DeMeo. You could just look at their credits and tell that they wrote the initial spec and not the final script.
1: And also they wrote it to be five white soldiers.
2: Yeah, it was oh, it was written to be white wow. soldiers. If you look, they have not written any actual films of notes since probably the 90s. They've been writing war video games which also makes a lot of like sense metal of <laughs> but oh. a lot of uh the the bigger issues i have with the script are probably i can't blame them specifically because there are some spikeisms that i don't fully love but uh the the conventions at play here are due to them they the the central pitch and story of the movie is all on them it's about a group of vietnam vets going back to vietnam to retrieve you know their lost brother and then yada
1: yada i mean <laughs> you what you know what the white version of this movie is, it's a movie that came out last year, it's Triple Frontier yes a movie that i did love and i stood by on this podcast as a very very fun movie it's different but it is kind of funny how it does share a lot of the similarities the delroy ben affleck is playing a subdued version of the delroy character but a person that is struck by ptsd and struck by this trauma and needs Mm -hmm. to go back he's sad and he's real estate sad and he's batman
2: the director of this spec was going to be oliver stone uh, and he he pulled out in 2016, I think, and then Spike and uh, his partner Kevin Wilmot they did the rewrite, not yeah. a re- they completely redid the entire thing while keeping enough baked into it that it's they still had to get credit. This Danny and Paul. Well, the
0: the the Paul character is so interesting when you think about that because it's like how much of that character is intact from that original screenplay, you know. Mm-hmm the the i mean i don't want to get too detailed his
2: politics did not exist in 2013 is what you're part of what you're saying like there's so (laughs)
0: many details about that character that's like it feels like spike it's a big rewrite created that character yeah it's
2: it's scratch it's a massive rewrite it's not like you know we were talking about inside man spike he like redid certain scenes in that movie but that script to me seemed largely intact from the original dude this seemed like he actually put some fucking time into changing the core of this movie. Well, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, he obviously just by making them black Vietnam veterans had to do a lot of work, mostly character work with these this cast of characters. I think that overall, the rest of the uh, Five Bloods, the other three men, are really good. I actually really like Chadwick Boseman and the little bits that we get with. Oh, him. I loved him. Um, I thought that um, he is just. Really great, also channeling that Black panther where he's like that chosen one, that messiah type energy Chama. that he brings to things um, he uh <laughs> man, looking at chadwick boson's i m d b is wild with he playing like Jackie Robinson and all these like golden God people that he, he just has that kind of charisma, he has that face he is really great, um,
2: and then I mean, playing into a big reason he stands out so much is the uh, I would say correct choice to make the older actors just play their younger selves in the Vietnam flashbacks because
0: Scorsese
2: it's less distracting than just casting a bunch of young people who you'd have to be like who's he now is he like hey
1: Eddie you go over there
2: and also de-aging which uh proved to be very distracting for me in the Irish
0: remember when (laughs) Harvey Keitel calls De Niro a kid
2: Yeah. nothing A yeah. kid and you and realize he's like, supposed wait. to be like like 12 or whatever <laughs> nothing like uh like
1: nothing like isaiah whitlock's thick body running around now <laughs> which by the way i love isaiah whitlock and anything just watched 25th hour a couple a uh, couple weeks ago or so and of course he's in the wire he has the best uh shit that i've ever my shit oh my god and you got to hear that in this and he does it in every movie and tv show that he's in and it just makes me so happy it was every so time long. i hear it, I like, sh- he holds it for like 12 seconds well, it's it's from the wire <laughs> well he does it in 25th hour and stuff like that too like yeah, he's but done it, it in other things
0: it was it, it was from the wire pretty much right or his 25th hour before the wire
1: because the I mean, wire premiered 25th in... hour is 2002 uh so uh all you know full discrepancy i haven't actually seen the wire so,
2: so whitlock and the and the other guy are, are very very good as are the you know the rest of the supporting cast which does include paul walter hauser dude um, i
0: could not <sighs> confirm that that was him dude, i have
2: he he is a chameleon i could just buy his acting style because he is so natural I was like Even that, though he's going a little comedic in this, which he is very good at, obviously. Yeah, like he, he still he
0: doesn't get that much to do. No, he doesn't have a ton but going on. I was like, that can't be him. But
2: when I'm And it was. Uh, largely though, this is to me at least a three-man movie with the two we've mentioned delroy and jonathan majors and then clark peters is otis yes um who also that's a very very lovely character i i liked that man
1: that is one of my things i'll get into it more in spoilers but i wanted more of his character because i did really like it i know there's like some kind of weird math thing that we could do with this movie because the thing is that i don't want to sacrifice any of the father and son dynamics mm-hmm. i thought that was all excellent mm-hmm. but there are certain things with other characters that i just i wanted yeah. a little bit more for him because he is
2: great no what but you're right that what goes on with him to me what didn't work super yeah. well it comes up in
1: the beginning of the film and then it comes up at the end of the. so
2: film. At, yeah at the beginning of the film we don't know him well enough for what happens to hit us really hard it's just kind of like, oh wow, that must be
0: big for him. Mm-hmm. Like,
2: but we don't know him well enough for it to truly well, really sink in.
0: That's why I was like very unsure during the first third of this movie. First, I was like the
2: first 45 minutes aren't the best. Yeah,
0: yeah. I was like, I was like, this seems like I'm not gonna be able this this story is like trying to do too many things. Definitely. The characters are like too disparate. And I was feeling like I don't think that this is going to work. Yeah. But once they get in the jungle. Once the aspect all ratio of that, changes.
1: Yes. It, the aspect ratio changes. Goes and that's how you know, 16, it goes to nine. the full screen or the, the it goes to like, yeah, the IMAX kind of style. And and well, really, the first flashback scene for me at that point, I was like, OK, I'm in. They're just wearing their all of their influences on their sleeves in this film. And I kind of appreciate that they aren't trying to like mask it in any kind of yeah. a way. They're like, this is what we're doing now. And you're either in or you're out. And at that point I was in.
0: Yeah. And, and once, once they do get in the jungle, I, I kind of forgot about all the issues that I had with the beginning. Of yeah.
2: The things, movie. things start um, transcending. They start becoming, you're not even really trying to analyze anything at that point because things become so gripping so fast.
0: And it's also because of the performances, like because there are still some script issues in that middle chunk of the movie. Absolutely. But you're so like enraptured by these actors that you're not really caring much about Yeah.
2: The momentum of the back half of the movie is so much stronger than the front half. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that happens in a lot of movies because you do have to table set in the first act. But and it can be clunky. it wasn't. But there are first acts that are, you know, more better executed than this with more complicated things. To I think up.
1: that that's kind of a problem with a lot of Spike Lee things, though, is that mm. I don't think that Spike Lee is always the best at table setting. But that being said, I think that some of Spike Lee's endings are more powerful than just about any film. Oh my God, Black Klansman. The ending of this movie is deeply powerful. The ending of Black Klansman- Fucking
0: gut punch. It's like-
1: It, I mean, Black Klansman also uses the real things, which I did love the way that it was utilized in this, where they would talk about a person. It would flash to, like, a picture of that real life person. And the way
0: the movie starts. Yeah, the movie starts. I think that
1: the opening to this movie is great, uh, aside from, like, the first act itself. I was kind of iffy on, but the opening to this movie and the closing to this movie are perfect. We can get more into that in the spoiler section. Yeah.
2: And I, I, did want to say that you know concept of him like like flashing images of whoever or whatever event is being talked about on screen has aged really well Mm -hmm. because he did that and she's got to have it like he's done that from the beginning yeah and uh in the internet age it makes so much more sense yeah the visual (laughs) language of it yeah to just be just inundated flooded with information visually and auditorily like it, it it's so uh natural and yet it almost feels like no one else is allowed yeah. to do it because he's done it for 40 years but in
1: it this- is funny that you said that oliver stone was the original director because oliver stone is the only other director i can think of him and like
0: with like jfk
1: yeah like that actually utilized that kind of cut to yeah. uh like the real life but image of a the person the
0: interesting thing about this movie in particular is like when you look at she's got to have it a lot of those are like album covers or yeah, like yeah. reference images, like that. In this movie, he splices in images of the actors or of the setting because they shot this like on location to make it look like it's archival, yeah, when it's not. And it just adds that little bit of texture to the visual language yeah. of the movie that now, I, I really like so
2: yeah the concept of it and most of it worked really well for me there is also some extremely viscerally brutal imagery that is flashed. yes and i very upsetting i wasn't the biggest fan of it i had to look away
0: there's like yeah. one
2: one particular shot was i was like, like i'm not looking at this spike i'm sorry yeah like, it is not the issue is that the movie is on its own is already so effective at com- conveying the unbelievable horrors of war. It's a violent movie. Exactly. There's a lot of blood. Uh, it's it's horror. already so so good at conveying to us how unbelievably brutal this is and long lasting the trauma can be. That to also get just real images of dead people uh, was overkill in my yeah, opinion.
1: Over yeah. yeah I overboard. I, I agree completely with that. Yeah that that
0: upset me because. I would love to like recommend this movie to people and say like anybody can watch this. It's a powerful story about a powerful topic that doesn't get talked about enough. But spike has this like a, a little bit of a, of a indulgence yeah. because you got to see it the other way. You know, it's like where else are those images going? Mm-hmm you know if people don't see those images then they don't understand the yeah. horrors that were I, committed
2: i understand his reasoning and like i said he is making the most choices of any director out there and yeah. you're not going to it's not going to be a 100% agreement unless it's like his masterpiece which exactly. i do agree with but it just it it immediately
0: right puts this blanket over the movie where you you're just like i can't 100% recommend this to everybody because there's some shit in it there are shots that i personally that is, could not look yeah, at. yeah it's just like too much and like i said it's it
2: bugged me because the movie is already so effective at conveying that feeling that you those shots are absolutely still effective like they're making you feel gross yeah. which that's the point but it's superfluous to me at that point so
1: i have a thought directly on why that i think i know which shot in particular that you guys are alluding to but i have a shot for why it didn't work for me but that we'll have to wait until we get into spoilers well then
0: let's let's do it let's do so it so it's on netflix check it out yeah check it Just out it's a recommend from us that it's very violent and that there are some moments where it mm-hmm. is genuinely upsetting i'd say
1: more than violence it's it's more upsetting yeah. at times because well, the- even if there is a, even like the violence can be a lot but I think that it's still dealing with mental traumas. It's dealing with people who are went in Vietnam and some of them served multiple tours and killed who knows how many people while they're there. And they are super fucked up.
2: Yeah. And that's the result is like, you know, the back half or so of the movie, we do get like hour, hour and a half of filmmaking. That is so, so incredibly effective at creating a feeling that a lot of people, I guess, don't want to have, but Really good filmmaking, yeah. Really, really, and really again, good.
0: Again, the performances, uh, again, the fact that it was shot in Asia, like, it looks beautiful. Yeah. Um, see it for that, but know what you're getting into. It's not a family friendly watch, yeah. Um, so we'll, we
1: can get into spoilers yeah. right Is now. Is there any family friendly spikeling movie? <laughs> Yeah, pretty, like yeah. <laughs> <rough>. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's still an r-rated film but yeah it's fine
0: so i like teared up hard in like three moments of this movie i already mm-hmm. mentioned I, one um which is at the end with chadwick like the Wait, ghost of chadwick are we in uh spoilers yeah, right now yeah, yeah.
1: um there's a bomb in vietnam <laughs> Soon so as, I saw Paul, as soon as I saw Paul Walter Hauser on the screen, I was like, man, I can't wait to make this sweet joke on the podcast. <laughs> and you were Richard expecting like, like a 30 minute applause stepped You, step, <laughs> you yeah. stepped
0: on a bomb instantaneously. Thank you, Park. live
1: studio audience. For that I'm not going to give you that, Hunter. <laughs> I, I got one from the live audience, so that's all that I needed. That's fine.
0: You have 30 seconds. Um. um so the other two times that I teared up, the moment um i guess this is around the halfway point where they hear on the radio that mlk has been assassinated that was in, that was the
1: best chadwick Broseman in the entire movie i think that that was a better performance than even him during the cry like whenever uh he says i forgive you in yeah. that moment like yeah. that was just that's when well, you Del get Delroy that full is, leadership it, ability yeah. just right there where
0: delroy's it, the reason why i cried in that other yeah. scene because mm. he is just oh babbling that is oh something a God. lot of
2: actors struggle with truly like crying from your gut. And you are you are saying nonsense words. It's like a baby just weeping. Like yeah. he, he is saying things that are not even words. And the movie guttural like, acting. When
0: you just zero in on his character arc, it is pitch perfect to have that moment happen when it does. Mm-hmm. Because you weren't spoilers now. You don't know that he killed him. Mm-hmm. until that scene mm-hmm. and it's just perfectly executed perfectly set up doesn't come out of nowhere it's like teased earlier when he's like oh yeah he's kia he's gone and then it pays off there mm-hmm. and you get this catharsis and i was just uh, i did not think this movie was gonna make me cry boom i was fucking crying it's
2: it's pretty brutal and i like chadwick's performance in general in this movie because he especially in that scene but in other scenes too he is performing a very layered idea because he is a memory
1: yeah exactly yes you're exactly right yeah and a
2: ghost well yeah and then yeah in the scene with devroy he is straight up a projection of his own mind so he I, i could see that in his performance i could see him taking all of that and you know putting it into what he was doing because he couldn't be an individual that's not what he was to them he was a memory
1: yeah and that explains so much of why he is so idealized and why uh-huh. he is so heroic. yeah like, but but days. he
2: also can't make us uh think about well what's chadwick thinking right now because that is irrelevant what matters is what they think of him that to me was a really thoughtful performance by chadwick
0: but then the other piece of that you know and then the other moment that made me cry is when they find his bones yeah when they uncover his skull and bones, that really got to me. And I was so surprised. I was like, Holy shit. How am I getting emotional in yeah. this right now? And it's all because of mainly Delroy's performance as he's like uncovering
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: and spike at this point, you know, we had had a, a lot more emotional uh, weight in the jungle in general, which had, I guess maybe been like a half hour to 45 uh, up to that point. But uh, the choice that is when spike starts really slowing things down yes directorially he is showing us multiple minutes of them digging right uh and yeah the result and, is and like get... how
0: you said about the aspect ratio mm-hmm. you know in that opening sort of 20 ish minutes or so you're going from from square to mm-hmm. wide to square to wide like and it's fun and it's cool and i enjoyed it but then you open up to the full yeah. sixteen nine and you just that's the bulk of the movie just chilling on that
1: yeah no i mean that's i i think going back to what you were saying about why that scene with his projection why that works so well i mean it really does all come down to delroy because i saw that twist coming like i just i like knew i was like oh he's fucked up because he killed killed him." him like and the fact that it still hit me is like a testament to his performance. Cause I knew that they were going, that he was going to have some kind of a big movie moment where he was going to have to like admit Gilt. to himself that he was the reason why he died and stuff like that. But it still was so effective in that moment. The other standout moment is the line, the landmine scene, oh. um, which yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I think that the first part of it. Um, norm lewis got done dirty in this movie <laughs> as the the other blood because i i mean they don't even really try to do a ton of stuff with this character except Mostly, for he's the guy who's like he's like oh we are Eddie. going to give our money to black lives yeah and events. then he admits
2: he's broke a little bit before he dies which is yeah. a bit of a turning point but you're right that like that's why i said it was a three-person movie to me yeah um but yeah but i think
0: that's enough to me that the little bit we get was enough to make so me was care. that the
1: moment that you guys were talking about that was too brutal was seeing his like no body no, no the not at all
0: is the photo of the dead kid the real life photo of the real life dead yeah kid. because you're
2: if you know you can even if you're deeply in a movie you can separate yourself enough to be like okay so he's buried underground no well that like, was no, like that was
1: my <laughs> thinking was that I was just like that didn't because i was just like this doesn't work for me because i don't care about him like they didn't even try to establish like oh he has a kid yeah, that it was he more, it know was, about. It was well the the that, child was that
0: worked for me. for me not as much on a character level but more of like a plot level yes. because because I think one of the things this movie does really well is that yes a lot of the setups are very obvious um like the landmines very obvious setup that something is gonna happen with the landmines mm-hmm. but the way the payoff is executed I think just fixes the obviousness of the of the setup that's what i'm saying
2: they they took these video game writers uh spec script that had a really really solid like normal movie premise and they elevated it with all of the little you know
0: tie-ins and bells and whistles that spike can do yeah because when they're looking for the gold every time that dude is with the fucking metal detector i was like you're about to blow up dude you're about to fucking blow up right? right it was so tense and then it doesn't happen. So you kind of forget about it yeah. for a second. And you kind of like put it, they're like, oh, okay, yeah. they found all the gold. They're, it's all good. And then boom. And I then. I mean, w- when the
1: bomb goes off, it's like a jump scare. Yeah. Like it is like. Yeah, it's like, oh, geez. Normally I have subtitles on whenever I'm watching stuff on Netflix and stuff, but I did turn it off just to try and make like more of a movie theater experience and everything. And I was kind of glad that I didn't have subtitles on. So I wasn't like cued in before that something might happen or anything. That's why. Yeah, that's why I don't do
2: subs usually, because the timing can get thrown. Mm -hmm. And but yeah, you're right. And then that leads into the most gripping section of the film, which because immediately after that, Jonathan Major steps on it. And then they encounter oh they encounter that the crew of you know French uh, and Paul Walter Hauser, <laughs> <people>. French was
0: P W. Yeah, um,
2: they encounter them, and then that is when uh, Paul goes haywire. He you know he's like we're compromised. You know he holds them hostage and everything. Everything beyond that point is filmmaking gold to me. Yeah. No, I mean Well, it, most of it.
1: That's I that scene is just like it is so gripping and so tense. And talking about another perfect use of the cutting to real life is that they cut to a athlete a black athlete for Morehouse, and they're talking about like how did he escape how did he jump all these hurdles because he just like jumped as high as yeah. he could and he could take less steps than anything he's like you have to channel that and you just have to leap straight up and we're just gonna pull the shit out of you so hard to get you out of so there. tense it is so so intense and i so you did bring up the paul walter hauser and the french group if i was going to cut anything or trim stuff down it would be from this plot line yeah um, can i can it's I say just something? the least interesting i was kind of happy when that guy got stepped yeah uh, i don't i don't uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> like I saw. he's in black klansman too and i was like is this guy good do i like him well, no maybe he just plays unlikable. yeah his dudes.
2: character was just strictly bad was like there was the nothing good about that guy, guy. guy. he just just got got walks up, up straight to jonathan majors like you americans
1: You're <laughs> so ignorant. like shut
2: the fuck you <laughs> know that's just a bad character
1: yeah i I was not really a fan of this. I think that the love story in this movie was uh the most half baked love story. Yeah. it like wasn't even really a love story, and then they try and end by giving them a little bit of a love story. and I was like, no, I like how it at least ended
2: with them not like together
1: this. physically right. like they
2: are at separate desks at their jobs at the end, yeah.
1: yeah. I
0: but, thought it was gonna be like them like the only ones left alive with all the money and I yeah was like, uh.
2: Yeah, or like, you know, they're living in the slums, but then, like, he, he goes out back and digs up a gold bar and winks at the camera.
1: <laughs> I am glad, like, a weaker filmmaker would have just made them the bad guys. Yeah. Like, because that definitely could have been an option where it's just like, right. we're the land. But we already have
0: Jean Renault and the vietnam the vietnamese like, well we didn't know for
1: sure that they were like bad bad then yeah. we kind of knew we were just I like who's this like sketchy rich french dude that's uh that's what i'm
0: talking about with like the obvious setups mm-hmm. it's like you have Jean no in your movie <laughs> and you're just gonna have him in one scene yeah like this is gonna pay off somehow yeah
2: that man's evil that's the most evil yep. person i've seen by the in my way whole life. he looks rough yeah, I almost didn't recognize him. Uh, the
1: end of the movie, he kind of looks like Donald Trump, <laughs> yeah, <with the> hat <laughs> when on. he has the hat on and he's wearing the yeah. white suit. I don't think that was a mistake. The way that he like even walks and stuff is like Trump on a fucking yeah. golf course. Very
0: slave owner. It's energy. very,
1: it's easy, Like Spike Lee is one of the few filmmakers out there where you can read into every little detail that happens. Yeah. I we mean, haven't Trump even is talked about much.
0: Brought up by name, like they don't say Trump, but they. They I think that it. they
1: do at one point, like very early on. He says on. like
0: the Klansman in oh. the White House.
1: Yeah, because I'm surprised that we haven't even talked about how Paul is a Trump fan. Yeah, and that's crazy. I, at first, I was kind of on the fence about it, but I do like where it ended up because it's less an indictment on Delroy uh, Lindo's... Beliefs as a character, and more so, an indictment on how fucked up he is mentally. That yes, he is, exactly. and he is so, so vulnerable, and he just needs somebody saying, "Like you are unhappy, and I can make it better." For yeah, you.
2: and it it makes sense. And that a is character. a real
1: person. Like yeah. those
2: are real people. It's a logical character trait. Um, and the only like when I ran into problems is when it reaches the point of the hat just being fucking passed around. Uh, because even if it wasn't a MAGA hat, that would still be way on the nose symbolism of passing around the symbol yeah. of evil, whatever it may be in this movie. They're literally playing hot potato with it. All the evil characters. Yeah. That is too much. I'm sorry. That, that is, that's that's fair. We, and that is a very fair. Yeah. Like we know, <laughs> we like, we know who's evil and we know why. And we get, I don't, that's a bit, it's almost like, I feel like Spike trusted us a lot with the everything he was throwing at us. And then to make things that telegraphed with, with that specific symbolism, I was like, buddy, we, we're on the same page here. Like, yeah. I already I,
0: I think that he just wanted to like have that element of kind of almost cartooniness in the movie because it is such a bleak movie at t- at times. It does get like very just it, it it can be a little bit sad, like too sad. So then you introduce an element like that and it just kind of it just kind of like makes it a little bit more silly than something that is so dark because at a certain point in this movie I was like man this is one of the saddest movies I've seen in a long time like everybody's going to fucking die everybody's getting blown up or just shot at and nobody is going to make it out of this okay
1: mm.
0: and you kind of at a certain point you kind of need a little bit of that Otherwise, this just becomes a uh, just a, a sad experience. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, that's why the Jonathan Majors character is so important, as that it doesn't it doesn't just become a story of like the old guy still got it, mm-hmm. or the it doesn't just become like a movie about senior citizens, <laughs> which is <laughs> at certain points where the movie it does kind of, and it, that's it how it starts. It. I mean, it does have some compelling things to say about that that's not totally dismissing it but i think that that's why the jonathan majors character is so important and also early on in the film the uh um the actor his name is johnny johnny Wynn, who plays the uh Vin character yeah the guide i that guy has like he hasn't really done anything american looks like he's done a lot of like martial arts style uh films like asian films in hong kong and japan um and I really liked him in this film. I want to see this guy in more American stuff because I thought he was yeah. great. He is Vietnamese. So it was like, I He grabbed
0: the, the gun action. and he was ready to fucking. <laughs>
1: He's like, let's fucking yeah, go. Yeah, fucking um, go. I, enjoy, I do want I to. Him. If we can go back to the beginning to like backtrack a little bit to the first act, um, there is some good stuff in there that I did like a lot. Uh, of course, one of my favorite uses of, I think, Spike, what is he called? The mover shot where it's like everybody the double Dolly. Yeah. The double Dolly where it's just every when they're in the club and there's the double Dolly and they're all dancing and everything. Very clever use of it. That's not like too Spike Lee. We have the other moment later on where it's um, Him um, and his Otis daughter. and his daughter. But I, you talked about it earlier about why that plot line doesn't work as well. The Otis and yes. the daughter plot line. Mm. And I think that you're totally right that you can't throw something at me right away when I don't know anything. And you're like, you have a daughter that you don't know about. It's like, well, I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah. So why would I care about your daughter that you didn't yeah, know?
0: I, I, I appreciated it because I needed something. I needed anything. Give me anything about this guy. So at that point, I was like, okay, good. He has a Vietnamese daughter. What? That's something about him.
1: I mean, I think that the better scene involving that plot line is when... Um, She talks with the daughter and kind of like gives the whole story about how they called her like El like Cucaracha and like all this kind of stuff and like they had no because she was the bastard of uh, of the enemy and all this kind of stuff. That's more of a compelling scene between the two of them that is with one of our main characters. Yeah, and so it like just I didn't love kind of some of the ordering with that. I don't know how you can fix that because at that point they're like far away in the jungle. They're separated from that yeah. whole city but
0: yeah i like i said i i just appreciated the fact that we had something to latch on to his character before going into the jungle you know because with with everybody else we didn't other than delroy we didn't really have anything yeah uh, mm-hmm. until we get into the jungle and that reminds me of the um not i say i guess it was isaiah
1: yeah melvin mm-hmm. um he's the one with the oxycodone, right? No, that is uh, Otis. Otis. Otis is also the one with the oxy, with the bad hip. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. Well, but Melvin that... just also has some oxy because Otis <laughs> dumps out all of his, and Melvin's like, "Yeah, I got you." Damn, going to hook it up. Okay, see, that was a little unclear
0: for me. I didn't know there were a couple points in the movie where like I thought that I had like missed something or something, and and it, like some of those things were unclear to me because I I thought that the oxycodone was going to have more of a payoff because when he dumps yeah. it out i was like oh shit that was a big mistake dude you're gonna have like withdrawal symptoms yeah. and shit you're fucking yourself and then just over.
1: somebody else just also has it which i think that they were trying to touch on like opioid dependency and stuff yeah doesn't really say anything about it it just part of the veteran
0: experience yeah they
2: said you know he's like yeah i got it from the va like everyone does right that's that's as far deep as we get into it which you know there are plenty of things happening already but you're right that it did introduce something that wasn't uh explored i guess right uh but yeah that didn't that didn't bug me too much uh finding out this was written by video game writers (laughs) was really funny because particularly the end battle at the temple was such a video game oh, scene yeah. <laughs> uh, and not that, that's you know a compliment because it was a pleasure to watch beautiful uh scenery um yeah they cracked me up when i found they wrote like medal of honor these two guys
0: i yeah. i it, it at the certain points it kind of feels a little bit medal of y, you know like what was the point where i was thinking about it oh uh, the, the lady that reads the, the address. Oh yeah. Reads to the. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, the like radio, the person, radio, radio the radio lady. Yeah. That, I was like, this
0: seems like some video game exposition. Which, but
1: we haven't talked about like the soundtrack or the score of this movie. I love the Marvin, Marvin Gaye. Gay, yeah. All the Marvin Gay throughout this was incredible. Um, it's not one of my favorite scores, uh, by, um, um, I think the music itself, I think the
0: music itself is good. It's really good. But the, the, the placement of it is a little bit odd sometimes. It's like, they're, they're like, shoot, they're fucking gunning down Vietnamese soldiers and you have this heroic theme playing.
1: Well, I was thinking about, so the main theme plays whenever they find the gun in that Otis has with him and everybody like freaks bones, out on him that yeah. he has the gun like whenever they're camped out and oh, everything. Oh yeah yeah that yeah like yeah. and that was just really like weird placement right, of the exactly. score in that point. It didn't really make sense. Also didn't really understand why everybody was freaking out that much that somebody had a gun. They're going into a place like that's unknown. It's not like the most horrible thing. They're like, how could you bring a gun? You got <laughs> this from this person. I was like you guys are better You know how to handle a gun. Like it's not like you're like <laughs> just fair. a crazy person out here in the woods. Um
2: as far as the score goes, I th- I don't know. I wanted to if I were to give benefit of the doubt, I'd say what they were going for was the score itself being like very normal war movie music. Right. Um but it's because they are trying, you know, Spike is essentially marrying a fairly traditional style war movie with uh injecting it full of the black experience which which is mar- where uh, Marvin Gaye comes in. Um, and then also Marvin Gaye, uh, a lot of the placements of his songs worked so well for me yeah. because oh, yeah. he, it is protest music. Most of it that they chose, uh, but it is all, he is maybe the most purely uh, listenable and smooth artist to ever make music. Like his it is
0: voice. The one track that's just acapella. Yeah. Yeah. And singing.
2: Yeah. I think it was what's going on.
0: Oh my Yeah, God. I, He,
2: it is the smoothest music ever made. So even though it is protest, Uh, anthems to play that over incredible you know and over tension uh creates more tension for the viewer It, it, it worked well for me
1: yeah i mean it i think that that's i like the Marvin Gaye stuff works so well that maybe that's why I'm being more critical of the Terrence Blanchard well, stuff. Well, it's just like
2: normal movie stuff. Well, that's, you know? I just, it's I think the ter- like I've way. heard
1: Terrence Blanchard do better music. Like I love the music in Inside Man. I love the music of 25th Hour. I even like the music in Black Klansman a little bit more than this. Like, I don't mm. know why this score just I'm, didn't work for I'm me I'm telling as well. you,
0: I don't think it's the music itself. It's the placement of it. That's what makes it resonate in your mind as good is when the, the The thing you're seeing matches what you're hearing. Yeah, and I think there's. there's I mean, a this couple... is
1: very technical stuff. This isn't like a huge right. fault of the movie. Speaking of of
0: technical stuff, though, the cinematography is Thomas Newton Siegel, mm-hmm. um, and I think he just did a really good job at making it. Uh, making, I don't know if they shot in Vietnam, but wherever they shot in Asia, it looks. Gorgeous, yeah. but also dangerous and and unpredictable. You know, there's that moment where like um uh, Delroy is off on his own and he like finds the river and then gets bit by the snake. And even when they're out in like the plains and you can see the mountains in the in the background.
2: They they mostly shot in Ho Chi Minh City, uh Bangkok and Chiang Mai Thailand.
0: Okay. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I well speaking during that time. I mean, I think that's my favorite stretch of the movie is actually like from the landmine scene up through the end of the movie. Pretty yeah. much is where it becomes the best when he gives that to the that camera monologue that goes on for like three minutes, but just like because his character like it expresses so much about himself throughout the movie. What you learn about like that little thing because you find out very early on. Oh, he's a Trump supporter. And his whole thing is that, like, he's given so much for his country, he's given so much for other people, and now he's just looking out for himself. And he's right. like, I deserve to be selfish right now. I deserve to have things go my way. Yeah. And, and when you find out about his wife it encapsulates, dying
0: encapsulates. Yeah, in childbirth, adds another layer to that as well. It's
1: like, man, this guy has just been through it yeah i mean it's a movie moment that's just like oh this is the reason why he resents his child but it's still it works because you have delroy and jonathan majors just together like are the two highlights of this film as we said before and and i think that you know
0: the the fact that this movie chooses to just go all in on the characters is what truly makes it Mm. great because When I jumped into it, I it just felt I I didn't really know the premise of the movie at all. I was like, all right, new Spike Lee movie, Vietnam, let's go. Um, it felt like it was gonna be more about the gold. It really and and it sets up itself to be that way, to be like this sort of heist type of, of movie that's gonna zero in on them extracting the goal yeah
1: but then they get it like with over an hour left exactly
0: (laughs) exactly
1: yeah i like had to pause the tv i was like wait didn't we just go wide like what's what's happening yeah
0: and i think that that's one of the 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 part that the aspects that like truly makes it like a special movie is that it's not just about you know the whiz bang let's go to vietnam fuck shit up type of deal (laughs) it is that you do get a lot of that but it's more about like what these men have to deal with their their trauma their mental state and specifically uh Paul and his you know situation his fucking yeah, just like
2: un- yeah brain. unfathomable trauma
0: dude like you th- the reason to see this movie is to get an idea of what it's like to be a combat veteran you know this that's something that a lot of people just It's too tough to understand and to sympathize what that must be like. Because A, when you train in the army, you're trained to be able to, like, kill people and be okay with that. And B, when you're actually deployed and go into combat and have to actually kill, then it's like a whole other layer of fucking mental shit. And
1: and when you're out there all that you all you have are the brothers that you're out there with so if you were responsible for one of them what the only people that you were actually trained to care about is this person yeah and then you kill them oh it adds a whole other layer of trauma to everything jesus i can't even imagine speaking of early setups paying off in the film i do like that uh my guy isaiah whitlock did die by jumping on a grenade when earlier they just like, my fat ass ain't jumping on shit for yeah, y'all that was good, that was, good. <laughs> that was a good use of uh yeah. just little dialogue set up and they had actually paid yeah. off whatever they got in there these men you'd think after like 40 50 years they'd be like a little bit rusty handling like our <laughs> big weapons no, and everything and shooting it man that right very it. high accuracy like yeah Put those guys in college. Even Jonathan right Majors had never fired a gun before. <laughs> yeah, and fucking headshot. Boom. Jesus.
0: Mm. Damn, this guy's been playing a lot of COD. Yeah. A lot of Medal of Honor here. <laughs> he, like, holds It'd up. like great if he, like, shot yeah, and he just, <laughs> yeah. like,
1: misses him by a mile. He's like, oh, shit. And then he yeah. just dies.
0: It's like a PS2 copy of so, Medal of Honor. He, he should have quickscoped him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he just, like, runs and hides. Yeah, um, with, like, a <laughs> dead leg. <laughs> Lips out. So, um what did you guys think about Delroy's death? Oh, I mean, I knew While it was gonna happen, and...
0: but it's it was still like, fuck, dude. Yeah, he up. he was gonna
2: die, uh, and it was, it was a good uh example of non full resolution, but still enough for a character where at the very least he is not ratting out the location of everyone that he betrayed. Yeah. Um, and also he is. Doing more acting than I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like yeah. it is, it's some of the best acting I've ever seen. He's
0: period amazing. I
2: don't know. Yeah, I need to familiarize myself with him more. But I have a feeling that he may have just been this good for a long time, and he's black and he didn't get roles. Yeah, I mean that's because kind this of, is this yeah, is not story. It's, yeah, this isn't just like a guy who got it together for one movie. This is a performance that I'll remember for my, my so whole life. So he's
1: in the show. The Good Fight is like the only thing that he's really been in lately. He was in Brooklyn and he was in Clockers. So he's and he is in malcolm x so he has done some stuff with spike lee before but i mean otherwise it's just kind of a bit part yeah. there and a bit part he's there. just
2: he is on another plane and i'm it's it's deeply upsetting to know that there's there was a better career uh possible for him had this not been the case but also it's nice to know that i see greener pastures for jonathan majors because yes and th- he blew me away in this movie it is one of the best uh two-part
0: performances i've seen yeah. in years. and you buy it Father and Son, you yep. are 100% buy it.
1: If anybody who's listening hasn't seen Last Black Man in San Francisco, highly, highly, highly Amazon recommend Prime. It's on Amazon Prime. It's Also, it's an A24 movie, so it's on like Hoopla and all that kind of stuff That's as right. well. Um, it's not a perfect film, but you see the seedlings of Jonathan Majors in that movie, yeah. and you're like, oh, yeah, no, this guy's good. He's going to be in our life for the next 50 years, and I'm okay with that. This
0: seen when he does his little play Mm. I was like, who is this guy? (laughs) And now, yeah, now he's in this. And I don't know if he has anything else coming up, but I'll pretty much see him in anything at this point. Yeah, It doesn't look like he has anything big lined up. Oh, he actually does. There's going to be an HBO thing uh, called Lovecraft Country. Um, And uh, what's his name? Jordan Peele is one of the producers on it. It's a Jordan Peele... JJ J. Abrams joint. I guys, hope it's it, good.
1: Jordan Peel is also the executive producer of the new Twilight Zone. Mm, yeah. I mean, man's cashing
2: in. He's throwing his name on so, a bunch of stuff. Know. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, that's <laughs> we'll what see. that's what we'd all do.
0: It's it's set to premiere uh in August. So yeah, that'll be soon. Well, the five bloods great movie i i actually think it might be the best movie of the year so far which is not saying much you know because of all the delays
1: i mean i don't know you haven't seen trolls world tour yet so christ
2: and and hunter is being serious when he says that he's, he's not smiling he's not laughing yeah,
1: uh, <laughs> I, yeah.
0: I, I, despite the the m- tiny misfires here and there i think the whole movie holds together really really well and it's mainly because of the performances, you know, that's real, really what you're here for.
1: Real quick, do we th- what do we think are the Oscars chances for this movie? I it's mean, coming out really
2: early. If Darroy isn't getting a nomination, then I'm just not even watching, man. Yeah. This is just such a viscerally perfect, like, I couldn't have asked for anything more. And uh, like 99% of the time, a, a, a role like this is butchered because it's
0: uh, it's hard. Mm -hmm. well here's here's the thing so the rest of the year we're at the halfway point of the year right now the rest of the year is either gonna be fucking backloaded as shit with movies it's gonna be like a massive dump truck load, which is possible
1: think about just last year this time last year we were like god 2019 sucks for movies yeah well
0: now it's just like there are no movies yeah so it's like there's not, I mean, sorry, I haven't seen Trolls World Tour yet, yeah. so.
1: Um, it never really, sometimes, always.
0: Or things could get pushed past the Oscars window. So if that happens, then the odds for this are just so much better than having to compete a, against like a c- hyper-concentrated dump load of movies that is going to erase everybody's memory of this six well, months from now
1: yeah it's going to depend because the oscars are very likely going to get delayed at this point so if they extend the window into january or february one things might not be as jam-packed but also we're moving two more months away from well, people remember you talking about this movie, it's really going to come down with whether or not spike lee campaigns spike lee notoriously doesn't really do much campaigning yeah. for his movie black clansman he, he did more than he did before, oscar. and he got an oscar i could
2: see yeah it's the oscars already have preemptively announced that in, in a couple of years they're going to expand back to 10 best picture nominees to you know uh in their own words like ensure that more uh diverse voices are included you get one which you like yeah can we like
1: just you <laughs> which, know listen, elect the best movies now
2: if that's I what we have to do to get this man a nomination even if it's for them being performatively woke i want this man to get some love. well we're we're so gonna bad. tell
0: you what is not getting nominated and or sorry not getting uh delayed it's the Wabamis. oh yeah no,
1: the that's Wabammies true are happening. so
2: Honey, I'll be trolls ready. Trolls is looking pretty good right now. Oh, nice no.
1: sweep. Sweep everything. <laughs> it's gonna sweep everything. Even the, even the bad movie. It yes, yeah, it's, it's gonna sweep good movie, bad movie. It's the only film.
0: <laughs> you don't have full control
1: over this. I write. No, I'm control. writing the webanies again. I'm gonna all Ooh, of my. Good. I'm gonna insert <laughs> answers into all of them, and they're all gonna be trolls.
0: <laughs> all right. Who's the best troll, and why is it? Um, Justin Timberlake. So because everybody's a gonna say boy. Queen
1: Poppy here, but I think Anna Kendrick's a bitch. I'm
0: just kidding. He made the I, world uh... sing again. I, I can't.
1: No, I'm not. That's. They're not. They're, <laughs> not, they're not. They're not even in nominee. Can't the feeling. I, the, Trolls isn't even eligible for Bad Movie of the Year because now we've had Artemis Fowl and Doolittle come out this year. Uh,
0: well, see you next week, everybody. <laughs> Artemis Fowl. Art. Artemis Fowl. <laughs> and, and who's that?
1: <laughs> Wait, is that Josh Gad?
0: No, Josh Gad is more Josh
1: Gad is more like this Ew. He's talking So he, neither of those voices. are accents Those aren't <laughs> what accents are That is from no place at all My name is Mulch
0: <laughs> And I'm a giant dwarf uh, I'll check it out By Judy,
1: Judy <laughs> Dench Talks like this
0: That's all the
2: same guy You're
0: Her <laughs> voice is even lower She's a woman that talks God. like this. It's
2: like Jeff Dunham over. He's transforming.
0: <laughs> it's incredible. All right. Well, <laughs> we gotta wrap it up. Thank you for listening. Hope you liked the five bloods. Whatever you thought of it, let us know. At we Bought a mic on Twitter, we at gmail.com. And if you would like to donate to us, we will gladly take your donations at anchor.fm slash we bought a mic. Stick around next week um, for another great episode. And in the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye, bye.
1: Bye.